Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. I want to invite you, and let's turn to God's Word today. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2, that very, a very familiar passage after the other one that you heard uh, last week. But we're going to read from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 38. If you've got your own Bible, I invite you to pull it out with me, or you can look it up on your mobile device. Of course, the words are always behind me on the screen, but I invite you, there's just something about looking at it in your own way. However God leads you to hear and read the scripture this morning, I invite you to feel so led. Hear now these words. When the time had come for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms And praise God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage Then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you for today in this moment we are able to to just pause. From all the chaos of this past week, from all the chaos of even this evening and this coming week, all the agenda that is before us, the getting back into routines and schedules, we're able to take this time today to just pause, to listen to listen for your voice, 
We fill our lives with so much noise, so much chaos. But today, may we tune it all out. Just listen to your spirit. Speak, Lord, for your children are listening. By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you transform the words that proceed from my mouth and as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today as individuals and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. I imagine that over the Christmas season and leading up to Christmas, you probably indulged in watching one or two Christmas movies, Hallmark Christmas movies, whatever they may be. Some of you may have those Christmas movie traditions. I've shared many times that one of our beloved Christmas movies that we have to watch every single year is Christmas Vacation. I know it, it's, it's a silly movie, but I, Jennifer and I can quote it almost line by line, scene by scene. And it's funny to me the way the different scenes touch my heart at different times and speak to me in different ways. I mean, honestly, my favorite scene in the entire movie is the scene, if you're familiar with this movie, where Clark goes up into the attic to retrieve some Christmas presents. And uh, it's so touching to me when he finds the box of the old 8 millimeter movies and he starts watching them. And, and you know what? I think that touches me because it takes me back to my childhood. Because my dad, even to this day, dad loves to use a video camera. And dad used to record all kinds of things and has so many of these reels that we, I remember watching these. And so that scene where Clark is up in the attic watching, that's such a touching scene. And it always brings a little bit of sweat to my eyeballs. I don't know why it's weird. I get hot at that time. But it, it touches me in a special way. But there's another scene, there's one of my favorite characters is in the movie is Aunt Bethany. Anybody remember, do you know Aunt Bethany? Aunt, Aunt Bethany, the one that they ask to say grace, and she, she does grace in a very unique way. One of my favorite parts, though, about Aunt Bethany was after the meal is over, they've shared the meal, everybody's sitting around, uh, uh, her husband is smoking his stogie, Aunt Bethany's actually sitting in the living room, and she's knitting and it's all quiet. Everybody's tired. You know, you know what it's like after you've eaten turkey and even really had to work hard at chewing it. I mean, everybody's tired. And, but Aunt Bethany, in the midst of all the silence, Aunt Bethany says, Do you hear that? Nobody looks. What? what? Nobody can hear a thing. But Aunt Bethany can hear something. Aunt Bethany says, What's that sound? You hear it. It's a funny, squeaky sound. I don't do her voice that great, but trying to set the scene for you. Her husband replies in a classic line. Uncle Lewis replies, you couldn't hear a dump truck that was driving through a nitroglycerin plant. Because Aunt Bethany clearly is a hard of hearing. As the scripture said, she was of great age. Uh, that's, that's my new favorite way to refer to I'm, I'm becoming greater in age. Uh, and in that moment, Clark does hear it, and he goes to the Christmas tree, and he looks in. I don't see anything, and then he does see something. It's the squirrel that Aunt Bethany has heard. Nobody else could hear it, but Aunt Bethany could hear it. Aunt Bethany is the only person that could hear this sound. Clark thought maybe he could hear it, but somehow Aunt Bethany, who was so hard of hearing, could hear this squeaking sound. You know, that becomes real in our household at times. 
Uh, at times, Jennifer says that I can't hear anything, and yet I'll, I'll hear just the slightest little sound. What's that noise? What's that sound? And she'll reply back, you couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. Sometimes, and Bethany, I think, embodies what it's like to, to hear something that nobody else can hear. And Bethany hears something. She's focused and hears something that nobody else can hear. It makes me think of a time that I was at the gym just a few years ago. And I, when I would go to the gym early in the morning, I would put in my earbuds and I would just try to listen to worship music. I'd go early in the morning and be my way of starting my day off, focusing on just taking care of myself and listening and connecting with God. And on this particular day, uh, one of the songs that I was listening to was one of the songs that we just sang a few moments ago, How Great Is Our God. And I was on the elliptical and I'm working out and I'm just focused. And I'm listening to my music. I'm jamming. And in my mind, I'm hearing the, the the harmony to the song and I'm hearing it and I turn up my music a little bit louder and next thing you know I didn't even realize it but I had begun to sing the harmony out loud in the middle of the gym I did notice a few people looking at me I'm like maybe my music's too loud and then I realized oh it is too loud because it's coming out of my mouth I was singing harmony harmony to a melody no one else could hear that's the way life is for us so many times we're singing harmony to a melody that no one else can hear because we're attuned to something. We're attuned to something completely different than some, everybody else. We find ourselves focused. We're listening. And we're singing along the harmony to a melody that no one else can hear. In the scripture today, I think we have this beautiful story after the birth of Christ, after Jesus has come into the world, after he's been circumcised and been given the name Jesus, the time comes for him to be presented in the temple for he is the firstborn of Joseph and Mary. And so he is, by law, he is to be presented to the temple. Mary has to come and to offer the sacrifice for purification. And so as they have come to the temple for Jesus to be presented, we learn of a devout, righteous man named Simeon. You know, I love it when the gospel writers refer to someone as devout or righteous. That tells you just something, what we need to know about this person. And, and, and when we get the names of people in the Bible, it's always fascinating. I think it's important for us to take a look at the meaning of the name. Because in the Bible, there are so many times that the meaning of the name gives you a clue of what it is about this person that we can learn. So we get the name Simeon. He's already been described as devout and righteous. And the name Simeon means to hear or to be heard. Simeon is devout and righteous. And Simeon has been worshiping, focusing only on God. And God, Holy Spirit, rests upon Simeon in a way, a special way. And has given him this word, this reassurance that Simeon would not die. He would not pass from this earth until he had seen the Messiah. So he knows he's getting great in age himself. The days have come and days have gone. But he still knows. He's tuned in. He's listening. He is feeling, living into the meaning of that name. He is one who listens. And he's listening for the Spirit. He's listening for the presence of the Savior of the world. The Messiah is listening. And on the day that Joseph and Mary bring Jesus to the temple, the Spirit, the Scripture, it's a Reddit, you, you heard it. The Scripture led him to the temple. 
This day has come. The day that he has long been waiting for has come. This is the Messiah. And this is just a baby. But the Spirit tells him something that nobody else can hear. He's singing harmony to a melody that God has already laid upon his heart that nobody else yet can hear. And so the one who has been listening now is to be heard. He takes Jesus in his arms. And this has to be one of those fantastic moments, once again, for Joseph and Mary. I mean, think about it. They've already encountered the shepherds who come and say, you know what? There was a whole bunch of these things. They came out in the field when we were out there by our flocks. And they sing to us. And they tell us about this baby. And the come and sure enough, here he is, a babe wrapped in swaddling clothing. And so they've already heard that and they've wondered and amazed. <laughs> I love that. I always love that line earlier in Luke where Mary heard all these things and she pondered them in her heart. But here, Simeon, this devout and righteous man comes and he takes Jesus up into his arms and he says these words, Master, and he's talking to God, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace. My time has come. <laughs> You're dismissing your servant in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. This baby that he's holding in his arms, he has seen the salvation. Which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Oh. He proclaims this prayer for all to hear. I just, I just wonder what everybody else is thinking. Kind of like those people in the gym. When I'm singing the harmony to a melody that they can't hear. Kind of like everybody else in the room when Aunt Bethany says, What's that sound? And nobody else can hear it. When Simeon says this, I wonder, everybody else in the room, are they just wondering, what is this old man talking about? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to Simeon. Because Simeon has been waiting for this moment. He's been promised this moment. And now this moment has come. Because he's been listening. He's been focused only on one thing, only on listening to God. He's tuned out all the chaos. He's tuned out everything else. His focus only, only on God. And he proclaims that the day has come. But, but once he gives, gives Jesus back to Joseph and Mary, we, we hear about another individual, a, a woman named Anna. And again, as it said, Anna's a woman of great age. She's a widow. But she's also defined as a prophet. Again, when the scripture defines someone as a prophet, I mean, that means that God's spirit has been upon them. A woman. Believe that or not. A woman to proclaim God's truth. And sure enough, she proclaims God's truth. It says that in the name Anna, remember I said the importance of finding out the meaning of names? The name Anna is a derivative of the name Hannah, and that is a word that means God's favor or grace. And so this woman, this prophet, who's been waiting as well for all of these moments, the scripture says there that when it refers to Anna, it says that Anna had never left the temple. At this time, she was never leaving the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. So this woman, okay, we already had Simeon who was so defined as devout and righteous. And now we've got this woman who never leaves the temple. She's there in prayer and fasting. To me, once again, like Simeon, she is one that has tuned out everything else in the world and to focus only on God's glory. She's been waiting and praying and fasting and waiting for this, this kind of moment. 
And as she's been waiting for this kind of moment, it says, at that moment, she came and began to praise God and speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. I love the story of Simeon and Anna. Because my life gets filled with so much noise. Sometimes I I fill my life with so much chaos and noise. You may not be like this, but I don't like silence. I get in my car and I make sure that the music's playing or a podcast is going. I walk into the house and even if I'm not going to be watching it, I turn on the TV. Anybody else do something like this just to have the noise in the background? Because I don't like silence. I mean, when I go to sleep, I've got a white noise app on my phone that's making that noise so I don't hear myself snoring as much. I don't like silence. Because in the silence, all we can hear is our innermost thoughts. I know, yes, you might start hearing the creaking of the house or something outside. But the silence, sometimes, it's scary. Because God might be speaking. And so I think a lot of times we fill our lives with so much noise and chaos. Because we don't want to hear what God might be saying to us. But I don't think that's the way Simeon and Anna lived. I think they lived a life that tuned out the noise. They lived a life focusing on that silence, listening, waiting, fully devoted on hearing God. Maybe this has not been the year that you've wanted. Maybe this year has been a year filled with different trials that you never expected Maybe this has been the kind of year that you're ready to wipe off. You're ready to start writing 2024. As we go into this new year, this might be that time that we say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start listening like Aunt Bethany for the squeaking sound. Maybe I'm going to start listening for the melody so I can sing harmony to the song that no one else around you might hear. Maybe you're going to be commit like to be like Simeon, to listen to what God might be saying to you today. Maybe that means that you're going to turn to the word more and more often. You're going to find yourself devoted to reading the scriptures. I can assure you that someone like Simeon has been so devout and re- recognizing God's word and devoting themselves to prayer. Maybe that's going to be what you do stepping into this new year. To turn, tune out the noise so that you can be focused on speaking to God and listening to God. Maybe this past year hasn't been what you would want it. But as we step into this new year, may we commit ourselves to be these kind of people like, like Simeon and Anna, proclaiming to a world that is full of chaos and noise that redemption has come. And we find that redemption when it's less about me and it's all about thee. It's all about the one that came. That it's not my life, but thine. A few years ago, I've always been in love with this one prayer that has been a part of the Wesleyan tradition. John Wesley himself had encountered this prayer and and it meant so much to him that that he wanted to encourage all congregations, all people of Methodists to pray this prayer. In particular, at the close of the year, they would have a a new covenant renewal service. A watch night service in some ways. Some of you may be familiar with that term. 
That as the year would be closing out and going into a new year, that they would pray this particular prayer that became known as the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer. And this prayer is all about recognizing that our lives are not ours. That we're going to devote ourselves to surrendering all to be focused fully on God. And a few years ago, as we were being a part of a conference youth event, and this was, that prayer was going to be the theme of that event, and so as I was one of the people involved with helping to lead worship that, at that particular time, and so the people came to us about a week or so, or a few weeks before the event, and asked, is there any way that you can take the Wesleyan Covenant prayer and to turn it into a song? Well, the thing is, a lot of times prayers don't rhyme. And so that was a bit of a challenge. But my friend Jay Locklear and myself, uh, some of you have had a chance to get to meet Jay over time. We got together and this had already been such an important part of my life. One of my final papers that I had to write in divinity school was taking the covenant renewal prayer and comparing it to the baptismal covenant renewal prayer and to, to compare and contrast those prayers. And so, I mean, this prayer had just been such an important part. And so Jay and I got together and I... I I wanted to share our version of the prayer, and then we're going to pray the prayer together. But as we do, I want to invite you to just listen. Listen. Listen to how God might be speaking to you today. Be like Simeon, waiting, listening to what God might be putting on your heart as we step into this new year. Lord, I am not mine, but yours alone. Let your will be done, not my own. Put me where you will and let me serve. In everything I do, let me endure. Lord, I am not mine, but yours alone. Let your will be done, not my own. Put me where you will and let me serve In everything I do, let me endure This is my prayer, Lord, to you My promise and my vow, strong and true And the covenant I make on earth Let it be fulfilled in heaven Amen, amen. Father, Son, and Spirit, hear my cry. Forever I am yours and you are mine. Father, Son, and Spirit, hear my cry. Forever I am yours and you are mine. This is my prayer, Lord, to you. My promise and my vow, strong and true. And the covenant I make on earth, let it be fulfilled in heaven. Amen, amen. Let me be employed for you, laid aside for you. Lifted high for you, or brought low. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things or nothing. Lord, I am not mine, but yours alone. 
let your will be done and not my own. Put me where you will and let me serve in everything I do, let me endure. This is my prayer, Lord, to you, my promise and my vow, strong and true. And the covenant I make on earth, let it be fulfilled in heaven. This is my prayer, Lord, to you, my promise and my vow so strong and true. And the covenant I make on earth, let it be fulfilled in heaven. Amen, 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 amen. May we listen. This year, may we listen. May we tune out all the noise, lay aside everything so that we might be ready for what Christ has in store. I want to invite you, let's pray this prayer together. The words are going to be found printed, or not printed, projected up on the screen. Let us pray. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine, so be it. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.